Good morning. If you'd like to go ahead and open your Bibles up to the book of First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 28. Be spending some time there this morning, looking at the message that David had there, a message that I believe is applicable to us. We are turning there. Uh, I want to say how thankful I am to be here with you. Uh, it's hard not to, to study the book of Philippians and see the mind of Christ or the mind of Paul, uh, believe sharing the mind of Christ, uh, and, and not feel a great thanks for, for those who, who share that same and like precious faith, those who, who love God and strive to, to walk in according to His will. I'm very, very thankful that I'm, I'm here with you all working here in Nicholasville and and, and being a part of the, the kingdom that is being built here. Now just a, a moment before services really began, I, I stepped into the bathroom just for a moment. And so I was washing my hands and reaching for a, a paper towel. The, the towels were kind of lopsided on the roller, almost pulled off, and covered in little wet handprints that had soaked through probably, the I don't know, the next 20 towels or so. And it brought up a memory to me. When I was a, a young child at, at a congregation, um, there, was, there was a man who came to, to my parents as we were the, one of the very few children that were there and, and was complaining about the fact that some child had taken a lot of, of paper towels off the roll and, and used way too many to dry their hands and threw them in the, in the trash can, how wasteful that was. And as I stared at the, the towels in the back, soaked with water and kind of... I had a different emotion. I wasn't upset that I now had to dry my hands on wet towels. Um, I was thankful that God has blessed us with so many wonderful children. And I want you children to pay attention this morning. Because while Solomon is talking to an adult, uh, excuse me, David is talking to an adult, he's talking to his son Solomon, the words that he's going to say to him are very, very important and they're, they're necessary for us of all ages to listen to and to learn from. We're going to read together the first 10 verses of chapter 28. And this is David getting instruction on, on building the temple that he was, he was not, uh, he had desired to build it, but God had told him, no, you're not going to be the one that builds this temple, David. And in verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 28, 1 Chronicles 28, now David assembled at Jerusalem all the leaders of Israel, the officers of the tribes and the captains of the divisions who served the king, the captains over thousands, the captains over hundreds, and the stewards over all the substance and possession of the king and his sons, with the officials, the valiant men, and all the mighty men of valor. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and for the footstool of our God, and have made and had made preparations to build it. But God said to me, You shall not build a house for my name, because you have been a man of war and have shed blood. However, the Lord God of Israel chose me above all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever, for he has chosen Judah to be the ruler. And of the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father, he was pleased with me to make me king over all Israel. And all of my sons, for he, the Lord, has given me many sons, he has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the, Lord, uh, of the Lord over Israel. Now he said to me, It is your son Solomon who shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. 
And moreover, I will establish His kingdom forever if He is steadfast to observe My commandments and My judgments as it is this day. Now therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord and the hearing of our God, be careful to seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land and that and leave it as an inheritance for your children after you forever. And as for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve Him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. David is giving instruction in building the temple here. But of particular note for our study this morning is what he says to Solomon in verse 9. He is charging Solomon with three things. He is telling Solomon his duty towards God. He is telling Solomon the motivation for fulfilling this duty. And he's giving him promises regarding whether or not he... uh, he will fulfill that, that role. Verse 9 has so much application for us today. It, it regards our service to the Lord. It regards our responsibilities to God. And so as using this verse as our text, I want to consider a few things about what our role, what our duty is to the Lord. And as, Solomon tells, or as David tells Solomon, the first thing is to know God. To know the God of your Father. Nothing can be more important in our lives than this. In Jeremiah chapter 9, in verse 23 and 24, Jeremiah, speaks, uh, we read about this recorded there. It says, Let him who, uh, actually, let's start in verse 23. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, and let not the rich man glory in his riches. Of all the things that can be held as truly important in this life, we must not boast in our wealth. We must not boast in our health. We must not boast even in, in, in our good works and our kindness to others. Because if we don't have a knowledge of God that underlines all of that, we have missed it. He goes on to say, verse 24, Let him, glor- let him who glories glory in this that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in, these de- for in these I delight, says the Lord. You see, God is displeased when people do not know Him. In Hosea chapter 4, verses, verses 1 and verses 6, God speaks through Hosea saying that, that, that Israel, He is giving charge over them because there was no knowledge of God in the land. He was disappointed in them because uh, this is a people that while they should have known God, they didn't know God. And in fact, they were being destroyed because of their lack of knowledge. And Paul would even say the similar thing in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 28, as he talked there about people who did not know God, even though God had made himself manifest in so many ways. Turn over to Psalm chapter 19. So many ways God had manifested Himself. In Psalm 19, verses 1-3, through the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows His handiwork day unto day under speech. Night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Throughout all of God's creation, 
The heavens are declaring, are screaming His glory. All day long, all night long, they speak volumes about God. And in fact, the Hebrew writer in Hebrews chapter 1, he makes a similar point, saying that God has revealed Himself to us in multiple ways. He says, God who at various times, Hebrews 1 verse 1, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir to all things, through whom also He made the world. Not only does His creation scream out to us that there is a God, that He has been revealed in, in the design and in the wonders of, of His creation, but through His, His revealing His will to the fathers, to the patriarchs, to, to the kingdom of, of, of Israel, and through the prophets, and even through His Son, who John recorded in John chapter 1, verse 18, came to explain Him, came to describe Him, came to show us God. God has made a serious effort. And that's really not doing it justice to describe what He has done. He has made a serious effort to be known by us. Are we making a serious effort to know Him? Because if we are, to know God... That leads us to the next point, which is to serve God. And he calls, he tells Solomon, serve him with a loyal heart. The New King James Version says, if you're reading from the ESV or the New American Standard, he says with a whole heart or even wholehearted devotion in the NIV. And this is what Jesus described in Matthew chapter 22. In verses 36 through 38, when he was asked, what is the most important or what is the first command? It says to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. It is this loyal heart. It is this, this whole of your being. But he goes on to say that you love Him. You serve God, David says to Solomon, with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. That is to say that you serve Him cordially. You serve Him sincerely. It is your desire. It is not, as, as Paul said later, of, under, of, of impulsion that we, that we give to the Lord. We give to the Lord of our whole being cheerfully and freely. This is the kind of service God still expects of us today. Whether it be of our, our giving of our funds, whether it be of our giving of our time, or giving of, of, of our service to others, whatever we're doing, we do it with a loyal heart and we do it with a, a willing mind. We do it out of a great desire because we know who He is. We know what He has done. And so maybe we should ask ourselves, are we a people committed to knowing God? And are we a people committed to serving the Lord? Doing so with sincerity and zeal, that is our duty. But as David continues his charge to Solomon, we also learn our motivation behind this. David tells Solomon that it is the Lord searches all hearts. And later in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 39, Solomon is going to confess that he, he understands this. He says, you alone, God, you know the hearts of all the sons of men. And today it is still the case. You think of John chapter 2, verses 24 through 25. Jesus is performing these miracles and the, the, hearts are, the, the minds of people are, are looking to Him, but yet Jesus is not, uh, he is not committing Himself to those men. He did not commit Himself to those believers at Passover. And it says there in John chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, because He knew the hearts of the men. And that hasn't changed. Even after the, his, his life on this earth, if you look over Revelation chapter 2, 
in his letters to the churches, uh, after his ascension back into heaven, we're, we're reading that he still searches the hearts of men today. Speaking to the church in Thyatira, that, that corrupt church, the church that was following after uh, what, what is des- described in, in the vision and, and in this symbolic language as the woman Jezebel. They were, they were following after false, uh, false idols and false teachers and committing all sorts of, of things that were re- repulsive to the Lord. And Jesus' message to them, in verse 22, He says, I will cast her out into a sickbed. And those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds, I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am He who searches the minds and the hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your works. Jesus hasn't changed in that role. God hasn't changed in that role. In fact, as the, the Hebrew wrote, writer wrote in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12-13, through 13, that there is no creature, there is no being on the face of the earth that is hidden from Him. All things are naked, all things are open to the eyes of Him whom we uh, are, are accountable to. And that's not a new thought. The psalmist also understands this. Turn over to Psalms chapter 139. Psalm 139. <clears throat> David is, is, is making it clear in these, these 12 verses that there's no place I can go where, where you can't know me. There's no place I can go where I can be hidden from you. And in verses 1 and verses 7 especially, he says, O Lord, You have searched me and have known me. In verse 7, where can I go from Your Spirit? Where can I flee from Your presence? He says the heavens aren't, aren't high enough. Hell isn't deep enough to, for me to, to try and escape the, Your knowledge. And so since we cannot hide, David is telling Solomon, you can, he searches all hearts. You cannot hide from His presence. Should we not serve Him? Should we not know Him and follow Him? You know, Jonah had to learn this the hard way. Jonah had this mindset that, that God has given me instruction. I don't want to do His instruction. I'll go and hide from Him. I'll, I'll go and I'll get in a boat and I'll run as far away from Him as I can. And even while I'm in that boat, I'm just going to go down to the bottom of the boat and I'm going to go to sleep. And he learns the hard way. If you remember, not only, not only is it, it, does God find him, uh, but he is tossed into the sea by the, the sailors of this boat. He is swallowed by a fish. He spends three days in the belly of this fish uh, having to learn the lesson that I'm, I'm not away from God. No matter where I am, I haven't escaped Him. But also, as we learn from his, his account, doing something just because we can't escape, we can't escape the eyes of the Lord, that isn't a very motivating reason. If you go on, you see that He does it, but He doesn't do it with a heart uh, that is loyal to God. He doesn't do it with a heart that is willing. In fact, He does it. He has a response, and then He goes and sets up on a hill with His arms crossed, saying, just kill me now, God. They're listening to you. He certainly is not a, a great uh, a view of motivation that we should want to call ourselves to. And so maybe that's why we should look at the next point that, that David brings out to Solomon. That is that God understands the intents of our thoughts. Every motive behind our thoughts, the NIV says. One commentator wrote, not only the thoughts of the heart, but even the very beginning of them. The first motions of the mind and before they are well formed. There's no way that we can hide the motives that we have from God. And so to reinforce all of this motivation to know God, to serve Him with a loyal heart and to serve Him with a willing mind, David gives this two-sided promise 
to His Son Solomon. And it's a promise that we can take and understand as a promise to us as well. First, He says, if we seek Him, if we seek Him, we will find Him. Flip over to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 5. I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles chapter 15. In 2 Chronicles chapter 15, we find a very similar message being given to King Asa. There it says in verse 1, Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with Him. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will forsake you. Very, very similar language. Almost exactly the same language that David gives to Solomon. And King Asa starts off really good here. He seeks the Lord. And there's reform set in place because of that. But he really doesn't have a strong finish. You see, he, when we get over into the next, the next chapter, he's, he's shifted his uh, seeking the Lord in search of, of peace and in search of, of protection and security. And now he's shifted to eyes that rely on politics and rely on treaties, especially with Syria, to protect him from Israel, who had set up this, this uh, uh, fortification on the edge of their land. And so now Hananiah has to come to him with a new message in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. And he goes and he speaks to them, uh, telling him about because of what you have done, uh, you know, because of how you have relied on these things, you're going to be at war. He says in verse 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. Hananiah brings this message to him saying, don't, don't you remember? Don't you remember what Azariah said to you? Don't you remember that God is looking for people that are looking for Him? And if we seek Him, we can find Him. But instead of seeking Him, you sought after men. You sought after the ways of men. You sought after the protection of men. But don't you know? Don't you know that God is going everywhere. As the psalmist put it, as, as the, the Hebrew writer put it, there's no place we can go to escape the eyes of the Lord. And He's not just going around looking for people that He can destroy. He's going around looking for people that He can show His strength to. That He can show His protection to. And the key is to be seeking Him out. Jeremiah 29, verse 13 goes on to say, You will seek Me and you will find Me when you search for Me with all your heart. And Jesus uses the very similar words in Matthew 7. Verses 7 through 8, He says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. So are we making a diligent effort to find God? to learn about God and to to not just learn about Him, but to follow Him, to do His will. Jesus ended up those statements that He said in chapter 7 with what He says in verse 24 about the wise man and the foolish man who, who hear the Word of God, who seek Him out and find Him, and one of them acts on what he hears. The other one doesn't. The one who acts is considered wise, but the one who doesn't is foolish. Will we make diligent efforts to find God? Or will we forsake Him? 
Isaiah chapter 1, verse 28 tells us that he will, for, for those who forsake him, he will cast off forever. The same thing that, that was told to Asa and the same thing that was told to Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 6 through 9, again he says that the, to, the city, to the nation of Israel, if you forsake me, I will cut you off. And Jesus uses the exact same language in John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, Jesus uses the, the illustration of a, of a vine and the branches. He calls Himself to be the true vine and that we are the branches. And He says in verse 5, that if I am, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in Me and I in Him bears much fruit. For without Me you can do nothing. But then He says in verse 6, if you're not bearing fruit, if you're not abiding in Me, if you're forsaking Me, then you are like a branch that is dried up, that is good to be cut off and to be cast out and burned. How sad and how terrible it is to go through life without God at our side. But how much better it can be to have Him at our side. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, Isaiah said, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And David would even finish his conclusion to his son Solomon in chapter 28, uh, verse 2. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 2, that should say. As David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we are working in the service of the house of the Lord. David had given charge to his son to build the temple, to build the house of God. We have been given charge to build the temple, to build the house of the Lord today in the church. Let's let David's charge ring out in our hearts. We will not be afraid. We will not be dismayed. The Lord, the God of David, will be our God. And we will not forsake Him. We will hang in there and we will continue to work until we have finished the work that we can do. We will seek Him out. We will have a loyal and a willing heart to work and to serve with Him because we know Him. This morning, if you desire to begin serving the Lord wholeheartedly with all of your being, whether you have never served Him before in the past or whether you have served Him but realize that lately the intents, the thoughts of your heart have kept, him from, kept you from serving Him the way that you should. Whatever manner in which we can assist you this morning, won't you please let it be known now. Come forward as we stand and sing.